All right, and welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host here, Mr. Eli Libby. Morning, man. What's up, man? I'm excited for today. It'll be a really good conversation. Yes. We have an awesome guest, like always, but this one is special. We're going to talk a little bit about... Um, huge topic. It's going to be huge, man. Important topic. It's, it's something that everyone needs to address, and obviously, always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. You can always sell something. Yep, 100%. Want to sell me that pen over there? Or yeah, kidding. I mean, I'm absolutely. Let's do it, yeah. Uh, anyways, man, um, we're going to roll that intro. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name's Kyle Nelson. I've got my great co-host and good friend here, Mr. Eli Lynch. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. It's the episode, man. Today, man. Absolutely. Really Can't excited wait. for this episode. We've got a great yep. Absolutely. Number two, clear, simple Why? images. Amazon summer. The first thing that I follow about this article is really looking for that initial credit. You need to be thinking about product photography and video production. Right. Well, if you didn't know, today we live in a post-trust world where buyers are more skeptical than ever. But Jeremy Miner understands what it takes to not push but persuade customers in the world of selling. As the founder and chairman of 7th Level Communications, the fastest-growing sales training firm in the U.S., according to Inc. 5000's recent rankings, Jeremy and his team help companies close more sales in less time by learning how to communicate today's cautious, skeptical buyers. And he's got a new book, The New Model of Selling, Selling to an Unsellable Generation, co-authored by Jerry CEO of Delta Point, and it's being published late spring of 2022. Mr. Jeremy Miner, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Welcome to the show. That must be a typo. It's actually fall of 2022, but there you go. We're already in the spring, guys. Thanks for having me on. Fall of 2022. Yeah, you know, it takes forever. You know, I don't don't know. Have you you guys published a book yet? Not yet. It's on the uh, it's on the journey plan though. It's on the man. It's a long process, dude. I thought you could just write it and then boom, it was in people's hands like a month later. It's like Mm. it's like a whole freaking year process once you actually Mm. write the book and finish it before it gets published. It's insane. Yeah, that should still publish a little bit different. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely pick it up when it comes out in the fall of 2022. That's exciting. I would hope so. Absolutely, we're definitely picking it up. 100%. 100%. You got my word. Um, so let's jump in. So Jeremy, tell our audience a little bit more about you, your background, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, where, where do you want me to start? I don't want to bore your audience. I mean, we're, we're, we're a company that, I'm not going to go back all the way back to my background. It would get boring, but you know, my kids always say I'm boring. So thanks for all the compliments and it, introducing me on the show. But what we do is, you know how a lot of companies you know, entrepreneurs, coaches, whoever they are, they get frustrated by losing sales to like low cost competitors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're concerned oh, yeah. that maybe their salespeople are not mm-hmm. consistently hitting their sales targets every month. Mm-hmm. So we're an organization that helps sales professionals like that. We help coaches like that. We help sales managers like that, or executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, mm-hmm. anybody that has a product or service that they are trying to sell more of. And we help them really transform the way they and their team sell by learning specific, I would say, skilled questions and techniques that actually work with human behavior rather Mm -hmm. than against it. And we'll talk a little bit about that today, if you'd like. Um, We call those neuro-emotional persuasion questions uh, that actually trigger 
your prospect to want to engage, to actually mm -hmm. want to open up to you rather than mm -hmm. run from you, right? right? And it gets your prospect to actually sell uh, and persuade themselves on what you're offering. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what we do. A bunch of boring stuff over here. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's boring. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> I wanted you to keep going there, but uh, it's all right. <laughs> Well, so yeah, go ahead. So yeah, so I think that's a really good um, leeway into really the topic is, yep. is yeah. what is the main reason why so many buying decisions stall in the marketplace right now? And then we can lead into some questions that, that someone can help, someone can ask to help that urgency mm -hmm. um, to prevent it from happening. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of reasons why, but I you know the biggest reason I'd, I'd just be blunt. Like I'm a really blunt person. I'm not going to fluff okay. it. Like buying decisions no. only stall in the market mm -hmm. because either you, whoever's listening or your sales teams, if you're like running a team, if you're mm -hmm. a sales manager or you're a business owner, are still using sales techniques that work against human behavior that actually trigger mm -hmm. that to stall, that yep. actually trigger sales resistance. You know, I was at, I was at a, a training event last week and, and somebody from the audience, he said, Jeremy, if you could describe sales in one word, what would that one word be? And mm -hmm. it took me about three or four seconds. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can describe it in mm -hmm. one word. And it just came out. All selling really is, is change. I mean, that's what it is, right? Like it's one thing only it's about change. And it's really about how good you are at helping your prospect view in their mind that by changing their situation, that means purchasing your product or service. Right. And by them doing that, that is far less risky for them than them doing nothing at all, staying Absolutely. in the status quo. Their problems stay the same and nothing ever changes, like which is actually more risky. So whether your, your prospect wants something better or they're trying to get away from pain, it's about change. Now, here's the problem, though, for everybody listening. Human beings do not like change. So let me repeat that. Selling is about one thing only. It's about change. However, <laughs> human beings do not like change, yeah. even though they say they do. Right. And why is right. that? Because it makes us feel uncomfortable, right. uh, maybe unsettled, especially when it's initiated by some pushy salesperson who's ready to pitch right. their products or services within the, yep. within the first 10 seconds of meeting a prospect. Mm -hmm. And really, um, human behavior, mm -hmm. uh, kind of one-on-one, that's my background is behavioral science, but human behavior, you know, as a human, we value like things that are more consistent in our lives or something that's more familiar to us, even if we don't like it. Okay. Right. Think of totally. like the battered spouse syndrome right? They keep getting beat, mentally abused, but they keep going back because it's familiar with them rather than something that's new, that's unfamiliar mm -hmm. with them. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. what we always train people to understand is that you're not selling the thing, okay? You're selling the results of what that thing does, mm -hmm. okay? Like if you're an insurance agent, you're not selling them coverage or financial coverage. You're selling them the money that's going to pay off all of their expenses for their family when they do pass away. That's what you're selling. Like yep. if you're if you're a car salesman that sells Lamborghinis, you're not selling them a car that drives them to point A or point B. You're right. selling them status and prestige, right? Uh, you know, if you sell cybersecurity B two B to banks, you're not selling them a software. Right. Mm -hmm. You're selling them protection for their customers, yeah. you know, for identity theft. That's what you're selling. So we have to understand we're selling, we're not selling a thing, we're selling the results of that thing, what that thing does. Yeah. That makes mm -hmm. sense. That is makes total sense. We run a company called Results Imagery. <clears throat> and yeah. We do product photography and video production for yeah. online retailers. 
And that's something that we've kind of trained our sales team as well on is you're, sell, you're not selling product photos and product videos. You're selling the result of those enhanced quality images and quality yeah. videos that are going to help make more money and get a return on investment for you. We're selling those results. Yeah, 100% because it, that gets your prospect thinking results-based thinking over yep. price or cost-based thinking, right? Exactly. It's, it makes 100%. Exactly. And that's how, we, that's how we approach our sales today is you know, giving them the result you know, making it um, appeal uh, to them from a, a perspective of higher conversions. And then we work backwards into the price right. and we get, we just, we convert a lot more. Well, you hundred percent, right? Because then they're, they're able to see here's where they are, right? Yep. This is what we call their current state or current situation. Here's where they want to be. We call exactly. that their objective state. It's like the future, right? Mm -hmm. right. Now, what's the gap in between? It's all of these problems that your questioning skills allow them to see they have that before they got on with you, they didn't know they had, right? Yeah. And so the bigger that gap in their mind, okay, the bigger that gap, the more they will pay and the quicker they will do it. That builds urgency mm -hmm. in the sale for them to do something now rather than push it down the road like most people Exactly. Do. Exactly. 100%. 100%. So what are some questions um, that people usually have in their back pocket that you teach them? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different questions, but I'll just I'll give you kind of a snapshot because I don't really have much time. So, you know, what you want to ask, like certain there's certain questions you can ask to help build urgency in any sale. It doesn't matter if you sell B to B or B to C or door to door, mm -hmm. direct selling. It's all the same. But we call these consequence questions. Okay, now mm -hmm. you wouldn't ask consequence questions at the beginning of a conversation because there's no trust mm -hmm. built yet. But let's say towards, you know, halfway in, three-fourths of the way into that sales call or conversation, you can ask them a consequence question. And consequence questions basically get them to question their way of thinking that's allowed right. the problem to stay the same. All right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll give you like a generic consequence question that maybe I can I'll give you a couple industry specific yeah. ones or one. So the format would be, okay, but what what if you don't do anything about this though, and you and you repeat back their problem? So mm -hmm. what if you don't do anything about this, though? Repeat back the problem for the next three, six or 12 months. Like what happens then? OK, or I might say, OK, but what are the possible ramifications if your company doesn't do anything about solving this? Mm -hmm. Or have you thought about what would happen if you don't do anything about solving and you right. the problem? OK, now let's say, you know, I, I'm just I'm working on a sales structure right now for a lead generation company. That's one of our clients. And they sell leads to like primarily like Fortune 1000 companies all the way down to SMB, like higher quality leads, mm -hmm. more volume. Yep. leads. So their their clients are people who have some type of problem with lead generation. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't have enough leads or maybe they, the lead quality sucks or whatever. So their sales are going down. They're stagnating. They're not scaling. So I might ask a consequence question like this. OK, but. Hold on, though. Like, what if you what if you don't do anything about this, though, and you keep getting these lower quality leads mm -hmm. to your sales team and your sales keep stagnating the next three, right. six, even 12 months from now? Like what happens to the company then? Mm. Now, psychologically, what does that do? It causes them to think and view their right. salespeople still getting lower quality leads. Right. Sales keep going down. And oh, now by the way, their job's in jeopardy. Yep. So that builds urgency mm. for them to want to do something now rather than I need to think it over or push it down the road. That's just mm -hmm. one example. Does that help? That's absolutely. It's extremely helpful. I love thinking about it like that yeah. from like a psychological standpoint, getting them right. kind of backed into a corner and then 
they have to go with you. Absolutely. We've had a couple. Remember that one um, podcast company that approached yeah, us? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It was. They literally were doing consequence. And so that was kind of <laughs> where my question was going to lead. And I don't know if it's just because we have insight as sales individuals, but like I get my red flag up when I start getting those questions. And I'm like, okay, I know what they're doing. It's just part of well, the It's how right. you ask the question. Right. right. Like if you're sitting there like reading from a script, script yeah. and it sounds scripted like an interrogation, you're going to feel that. But if it's in a natural conversation and you're bridging from question to question right. and pulling it's, out the prospect's yeah, emotion, you're engaged. Like you're not, not even thinking yeah. that way. Absolutely. It's all your tonality too. Totally. Is huge. I think, tone, yeah, huge. And Jeremy, what you said in the beginning too is building trust. I think once you have that trust and maybe there's like a, a little ounce of rapport that you can build right. with them, I think that helps you know, ask us questions a lot easier. Well, and, and really it's, you know, and I, here's my biggest pet peeve because we, you know, we come into a lot of companies and we do audits on their sales teams and stuff. And most salespeople in most companies start off with the call like, Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Okay. <laughs> Never start your sales calls or yeah. meetings with how's your day going? Because every single freaking prospect has heard that 10 billion times by yeah. every salesperson. And they yeah. know that you are genuinely not interested in how their damn day is going, right? When a salesperson True. says that to you, or you're like, oh, uh, uh, yeah, my it's day good. is like, yeah, <laughs> you, you know what they're doing, right? So when you get when you get in, you want to ask what are what we call connecting questions that take mm -hmm. the focus off you and put it on them, okay? Now, sure. it depends on if it's an outbound lead or an inbound lead. Let's say if it's a, an inbound lead and let's yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i'll give you an example let's say it's an inbound lead and you're on zoom with them and let's say i, I don't know i'm just going to throw something out there let's say that you sell uh business consulting and you help businesses scale their companies with sales or marketing or whatever it is right you just yeah. help businesses grow okay you've got some type of consulting program or whatever you do so when they get on, you know, it's like, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. That usually the Zoom yeah, stuff goes thing. back and yeah. forth. And <laughs> instead of what most salespeople do, like, hey, how you doing? How's the weather in Dallas? Yeah, I was in Dallas two weeks ago. Did you watch the game last night? Like nobody cares. They all know what yeah. you're doing. So it's automatically going to trigger sales resistance, especially with like high level, C-level executives or business owner. They they know what you're doing. Okay. Yep. So right. you get on there. Okay. So. So you get on there. Hey, can you hear me? Okay, good. Okay, so, and you're right to it. Okay, it looks like you booked on the calendar today about um, looking right. at possible outside help in like really scaling uh, your yeah. business, right? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, and I would I would say the first part of this call is really more for us to find out more about kind of what you've done in the past to mm. scale compared to really what you're, what you're trying to do, what you're looking yep. for to see what that gap looks like just to make sure we could actually help you, you know, cause there, there's mm -hmm. some companies where there's just not much we can do for them. You know what I mean by that? And yeah. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Right. Now I was just curious, like when you went through the ad where you saw X and Y and Z, what, I guess, what was it about the ad that attracted your attention? Well, we saw this and we saw that and we're looking for this. Okay. No. What were you, I guess, what were you hoping to get out of the call with us today? Yeah. Just so I have a better understanding. Now, notice how I'm asking the question. So I say, what are you hoping to get out of the call today just so I have a better understanding? I don't script it. But if I say, okay, and what are you, I guess, what are you hoping yeah. to get out of the call with us just so I have a, I guess, a better exactly. understanding? See, that's a real conversation. Right? 100%. See how that works? And those are just basic connecting questions. Now, why do I say, so a lot of times when we train companies and salespeople like that and we say, 
you know, because there's some companies where there's just not much we can do for them. And they're like, oh my gosh, no, we, we have to assume like, and we hundred percent, we can help you get where you're wanting to go from the go. I'm like, yeah, if you want to trigger sales resistance, because right. every prospect hears that over and over yep. and over that you've got the best offer, you've got the best pricing, you've got the best customer service. According to behavioral science, when you say things like that, especially in the beginning of a call, it actually triggers them to trust you less yep. because they're used to every salesperson who's ever sold them something that didn't work out, say the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if I admit that I'm not quite sure we could even help them because I don't know anything about their situation. I don't oh. know what the gap looks like. I'm being real. Now, mm -hmm. do I pretty much know that every prospect that they get on with them, they can help them by buying? Yeah, of course I do. Mm -hmm. But if the prospect feels that I'm just there to stuff the solution down their throat, they totally. start to emotionally shut down. And it doesn't matter if you have the greatest questions on planet Earth. They're never going to open up and go below yep. See what I mean? Huge. Totally. What point does um, uh, relational selling step into there? Because you just jumped, you just jumped right in. There's zero rapport. Um, does relational selling change when uh, maybe it's a bigger opportunity, a bigger sales opportunity? Would you take more of a relational approach for that and try to? I mean, uh, in one in one of my sales careers, I was selling one to ten million dollar deals. Wow. And that's yeah, because here's here's what we have to understand. Like, you know, I I don't know. I've got there's you know everybody. <laughs> Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah, so a lot of books in the office here. <laughs> every every salesperson has or business owner has read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Great book. Here's mm -hmm. the problem. It was written in 1936. Sure. Prospects are much different now than they were in 1936. Hate sure. to tell you that. The buying behaviors are, are a lot different. Power mm -hmm. of the internet, especially social media, way different. So when he says, hey, people buy from people they like, you got to get people to like you and they're going to buy from you. Okay, in 1936, that was probably the case, but not in 2022. If you, I mean, I want you to think about this for a second. People buy from people who they feel can get them the best result, period. You love grandma, but you don't necessarily going to buy from grandma. She's offering you something that another company offers that can get you a better result. If that was true, everybody would go down to the local supermarket guy that they know, the local butcher, and pay 20, 30% right. more for the meat rather than buying it off Amazon. But they're going to buy it from Amazon because Amazon can get them a better result. They might not like Jeffrey Bezos, but mm -hmm. they're going to buy from him because he gets them a better result. So mm -hmm. people buy based on the results they feel they can. you can get them. If they like you, that's just a bonus, 100%. Yeah. I, I always smack people around when they say that because they're like, Love oh, you've got to build a relationship of trust by the skilled questions you ask yeah. them that cause them to view you as an expert or the authority. And so sure. they view you as somebody that can get them the results they want. They don't have to hang out mm. with you at the at, at the bar that are, you yeah. know, the next night or go to church with you every weekend. Right. It's interesting. Absolutely. I think it's a great point. I think thinking about <clears throat> consumer behavior and how attention spans have shrunk. You know, you could book a 30 minute Zoom meeting, but you would love to be out of there in 15 minutes and get your business done and have an additional 15 minutes in your day. So that 15 minutes of BS, how was the game last Sunday? What was you doing your weekend? Could be all cut out. And the, the consumer, the, the, the modern day consumer wants that quick. Um, you know, yeah. they lack patience. Today's consumer wants to be, they, they don't want to be talked at and sold to. They want yeah. to be asked heard and most importantly they want to be understood right mm. they're, they're looking for solutions like they want to get results 
But the yep. moment we start saying things like that and it triggers mm -hmm. sales resistance is the moment they emotionally shut down and the sales pretty much over at hello. Yeah. What about speed to sell, right? Speed to close. Have you found that this helps? Because like we, we have everything from, you know, someone will close on the spot to 30, 60 days, hierarchy, got to get everything approved, blah, blah, blah. But what about like speed to sale and how, how to ask and pose different questions? Well, the, it depends on what you're selling. Right. Like if you're selling in like business to consumer and it's a transactional sale, a low dollar amount, that's pretty much a one call close. OK, right. if you're selling to like uh, an enterprise level corporation, you're not going to one call close. They, they legally can't do that. They have bylaws that the board has to yeah. follow. Right. So that might be because I've you know, I've, I've in my sales career, I sold both. I've sold in four industries, two B2C, two B2B. So I know the both of them like the back of my hand, two different sales processes. Right. Questions are tweaked, same sales framework, but it's two different processes, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So like a B2C sale might be a one-call close, or let's say it's even a ten or fifteen or $30,000 program or something you're offering to somebody. It could be a two-call close. But it depends on your industry, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, B2C or B2B, if you're selling to like ma and pop laundromat that has one decision maker, that could be a one-call close, maybe two. But if you're selling to like a Fortune 1000 company or Fortune 500 or Fortune 100, even some, a lot of SMB, you know, that's probably like a one call discovery call. Yep. Second call, maybe a demo, depending on what you sell. Okay? Get to the gatekeepers. Third yeah. call might be the proposal. Fourth call, a meeting yep. with the board. I mean, you know, we train, you know, medical device sales companies that had nine month sales yeah. cycles. And because of our selling process, we brought it down to three or four months, which they were like, oh, my that's gosh, crazy. there's no way you can make a sale this big that's worth 50 million in three months. Well, you can if you can help build urgency in the prospect's mind from right. where they're at compared to where they want to go. If you can't do that, then, yeah, it's going to take forever because you keep waffling around and taking right. them out to dinners and stuff and everybody else is doing the same thing. So it all depends on your industry. It's your sales cycle. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, urgency is an interesting one. Um, what are some questions around urgency? And then we talked about, um, you know, what happens if you don't do that. I know that that is an urgency question. What is another? What is another way to approach urgency, and how to speed that up? Well, it's it's all it's all from A to Z. Okay, yep. so like if you just go in and ask consequence questions, but you don't know how to ask connecting questions that get them to emotionally open up. If you don't know how to ask what we call situation questions that help them and you find out what the current situation really looks like, like what's going on. Okay. Totally. If you don't know how to ask what we call problem awareness questions, okay. Problem awareness questions. This is big helps him find out what the real problem is. Okay. okay. Not only what the real problem is, but the root cause of the problem. See average salespeople can find out a problem or problems of a prospect. Mm -hmm. Good salespeople can find out the root cause, like what's causing the problems. The very greatest of all salespeople, greatest of all companies, are able to also help the prospect see and feel how those problems are personally affecting them, even personally, mm. yeah. even as a CEO or a, whoever, yeah. a CRO, whoever it is. Okay. So it's, you know, solution awareness questions that help them see what their future is going to look like once all these problems are solved, right? So it's right. a sales process that builds that urgency step by step. And if you're, you know, before I forget, because I always forget on these podcasts, if any of your listeners want like a list of those questions that we're talking about connecting, yeah. situation, consequence, okay. all that kind of stuff, 
um, they're welcome to join. We have like a free Facebook group. It's um, okay. hell what it is. I think, uh, yeah, it's, I always forget. It's salesrevolution.pro. So they can go to salesrevolution.pro. They can join that for free. Right when they join somebody on my team, we always do this with it. We got about 17,000 people in there or something. We just started that group a while ago. Uh, somebody on my team will message them a free training called the NEPQ 101 mini course. And it will give them a list of those questions that they can use for different sales situations if they're wanting to okay. sell more of whatever they sell. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll probably send that to our team. There yeah, sure. <laughs> <Here> you go. <laughs> Jeremy, as we wrap things yeah. up, um, so you, you may just be regurgitating this, but if there was one thing that you hope our audience is really taking away, just one small nugget, what is that? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, besides the, the stuff that we talked about, I think we have to we have to start understanding what selling really is. OK, yeah. like selling is not like most salespeople have been taught by what I call the old sales gurus that haven't sold anything mm -hmm. for decades or companies that are still, you know, using repackaged ideas from 100 years ago from the dinosaur ages of selling. Right. Selling is not adversarial. It's not you against the prospect trying to manipulate right. them and and work them over so you can make money. That's like that's what average salespeople do in our day and age. That's what average mm -hmm. companies do. Look, if you want to be great at selling your product and service, because here's what we have to understand. If your prospects don't buy what you're offering, that's your fault because you couldn't you didn't have the right communication skills that allowed them to see that it was far less risky risky for them to purchase what you're offering and solve their problems and get what they want than it was for them to do nothing at all and the problems stay the same. So if you can't sell them, their problems stay the same. They stay in status quo. Their lives are effective negatively because of your lack of communication skills. Mm -hmm. So we have to think of ourselves as what we call problem finders and problem solvers, not product pushers. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. what, what do most salespeople do? Okay. Ooh, that was a nugget. Yeah, they ask a few questions like, oh, John, no, you know, tell me two problems that keep you awake at night or uh, Sally, you know, within the first two minutes, Sally, can you tell me what your budget is for this? OK, these are these are just boring surface level consultative questions that just they know totally. what you're doing. Yeah. You in those questions. OK. Yep. So we have to get rid of the old school questions. All right. So we call that product pushing it. And then we ask a few questions. They give us a few answers and they're like, oh, well, let me tell you, we've got the solution. And we go into our pitch talking about the features and benefits, yep. how we have the best this and we have the best that, which like we talked about, doesn't every single salesperson say they have the best product mm -hmm. or service? Exactly. How many salespeople right. tell you, yeah, you know, Eli, we've got the fifth best uh, product in the market. <laughs> Nobody does, right? So when we hear salespeople say they've got the best this, the best that, and yep. they talk down about their competitors, it actually triggers distrust because we're used mm. to every salesperson saying the same thing. Okay. Right. So we have to, mm. we have to come across as a problem finder. Now, what does that mean? It means asking the right questions in that conversation yep. that allow the prospect to find problems that they didn't even know they had. Totally. One thing we all have to understand is that when your prospect gets on with you on an inbound lead, or if you call them, they've responded to, a mm -hmm. website or a Facebook ad or whatever, or you're cold calling, whatever. Most of your prospects don't even know they have a problem when you first start talking to them. Or maybe they understand they have a problem, but they don't yeah. really know how bad the problem is. Or maybe they don't understand the consequences of what happens if they don't do anything about solving the problem. 
right? Mm -hmm. So once you learn what we call NEPQ or neuroemotional persuasion questioning, it allows the prospect to not only find one problem, but maybe two or three or four of the problems they didn't realize they had. And when you're able to help them see that that gap is like 10 times bigger than they thought yeah. it was, they automatically view you as the expert, the trusted authority who is going to get them what they want. And they are willing to pay way more money because they trust you're going to get them where they want to go compared to somebody else who's just pitching them that they don't know. Right. Make sense? Phenomenal. Makes amazing yeah. sense. And <laughs> yeah, amazing. kind of a, a last, just quick question is, well, I mean, what happens when somebody approaches you as a telemarketing call? Like where you, you get, you get a telemarketing call. Do you just say, come on, man, just <laughs> cut the crap. Uh, oh, like him personally? Yeah, yeah, if he gets a call. <laughs> I mean, are you just are you just kind of coaching him on the phone? Hey, man, I'm not going to buy, but next time. Try this. I really need you to try this or approach me like I, mean, I like to I like to listen, but it's it, it's all scripted, right? Like every telemarketing yeah, company is like yeah. they have the two paragraph script. Yeah. Prospect yep. answers the phone. They just, hi, is, is Jeremy there? Hey, hey, Jeremy, it's it's Cindy with XYZ service uh, services. Yeah. The reason why I called you was click. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just exactly. every salesperson. Hey, yes, Jeremy. Hey, yeah, Jeremy. It's just uh, John with XYZ Company. Sir, the reason why I called you today was, and yeah. you, what does that automatically trigger in the first eight seconds? 100%. No, that's a great point. Salesperson trying to sell me something, and that and triggers the, the human yep. brain to go into what we call fight or flight mode, where we try to get rid of the salesperson. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. too busy right now. Can you call me back later? Yep. And then they call you, never answer. Or, well, we already have somebody for that, or we're good. We're not yep. interested. Uh, you know, call so me back true. in a week, a month, a year later. That triggers what we call fight or flight mode. Now, once you learn NEPQ, once you learn the right questions to ask and you come across unbiased mm. in your call, like you're more neutral, you're not quite sure if you can help yet. You don't know anything about their situation. How could you know? You come across more collective. You come across detached. Detached is the key word. And you know the right questions to ask at the right time in that call it triggers the brain to become curious enough where they actually want to engage with us. They want to open up to us because they feel like we might have something important to them. Okay. That's the difference when you learn how to work with human behavior in your sales process compared to saying yep. certain terminology and words that just trigger sales resistance and cause the prospect to go into fight or flight mode. Yep. Huge. Human behavior and sales. Amazing. You can you imagine human behavior equates to more, way more sales than triggering Mind sales blowing. resistance. Yeah. It's revolutionary. Uh, well, wow. Jeremy, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, man. If you could repeat one more time where people can find those resources in that Facebook group, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, look, if they, if they want to sell more of their products or services, we got a free Facebook group. They just have them go to one place. Uh, have them go to salesrevolution.pro, uh, salesrevolution.pro. There it is. Right when they join, just have them check their, their DMs and somebody on my team will message over a free training. It's about an hour long called the NEPQ 101 mini course. And there'll be different questions for okay. different sales situations that my CEO put together. His name's Matt Ryder, put together. And they're welcome to use that for anything they sell. Awesome, Amazing. man. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for, for all the knowledge Phenomenal. and wisdom and insight. <laughs> we really appreciate you jumping on, man. Eli, Kyle, it's a pleasure to, to be on your show. Thanks very much. And you guys stay out of trouble over there, right? Oh, Just yeah. That. We'll, we'll try. Yeah. Thanks, I man. Will. He won't. <laughs> again, please subscribe to Biz Bros Podcast. You can visit us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hit the subscribe button, and you will be able to have access to hundreds of awesome